0: Okay, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer to open up the service. Lord, we're thankful for your presence here today. You are. Hallelujah. Lord, you're our God. You're our Savior. Our life, our strength. We just give you praise tonight for who you are. We give you glory, Lord. We just love you tonight, and we just give you honor and glory and praise. Have your way in this lesson tonight, Lord. Touch our hearts in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We're going to talk some about decrees tonight. Uh, Well, Wayne had asked me here a few weeks ago to uh, get something on this subject, and over the past two or three weeks, I have discovered that there is no material on this subject (laughs) books or tapes. Uh, (laughs) And I'm pretty positive that I don't have all of it yet. (laughs) But when the Lord does teach me this subject, maybe there'll be a book coming. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. so But, since I'm not going to hand out a, a lesson tonight like I did last week, uh, I will use the board a good bit more and uh, if you want to take notes, you can write down the main points. But well, the lesson tonight is on decrees. Remember I told you last week that Anytime I'm teaching or preaching, I would love for you to bring your Bible with you because I really think it's important for you to see the Word as well as hear it, and uh, and especially tonight because we're going to read a lot of scriptures. Turning your Bible to Job chapter 38. The first thing I want us to look at is the power of God's decrees. We're going to start off with this. We're going to read a lot of scripture on this. Uh, not a whole lot of commentary, much, but, but a lot of scripture on this. Um, in Job, the 38th chapter, beginning with verse, verse 4 through verse 10, to start with. <coughs> This is uh God chastising Job at the end of the ordeal that Job went through. Uh I don't want to get too much of this because it's a different message and that message may come up one day. But uh a lot of the things that happened to Job um were I even hate to get into it because I leave half of it unsaid, but some of it was Job's own doings. And uh <clears throat> Job made a lot of statements during this period of time that he was going through these troubles. Like, for instance, uh, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Uh, That's not... It's it's in the Bible, but it's not... God didn't say it. Job said it. Uh, naked came out into the world, and naked will leave, meaning poverty... I mean, Job had a lot, he lost it all, and he made the proclamation, naked came out of the world, naked will I leave, but that wasn't God's plan for Job, when Job left the world he was a rich man again, more than the first time, so there was a lot of things that Job said in the in the book of Job, that they're in the Bible, but God didn't say them, so finally the last four chapters of Job were taken up with, with God chastising Job for a lot of the things he had said. Uh, And that's where we are right now. God is talking to Job. Uh, He says, beginning with verse 4, 38 and 4. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the seas with the doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break it up and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no farther, and here shall the proud ways be stayed." Um, what God's talking to Job about here, and uh, as I said, he was chastising Job for saying some things that he didn't understand, speaking without understanding. And uh, uh, he said, If you understand so much, Job, if you know so much, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I created the stars? Where were you when I created the, uh, the waters, the seas, and, and set the decreed places for them? Uh, on over in the same chapter, verses 19 and 20. He says, Where is the way where light dwelleth, and as for darkness, and where is the place thereof, that thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, that thou shouldest know the paths to the house thereof? So God was telling Job here some of the things that he had done that Job didn't understand, that Job didn't know anything about. Where were you when I created the sun, the stars? Where were you when I created the the host of heaven? Where were you when I created the seas? Where were you when I created light and darkness and set the bounds thereof? Uh, the two verses that we're going to deal with here today for the lesson uh, was verse uh, verse uh, 10. And God said to him, And break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors. He was talking about the sea there. He said, I set the sea and, and, and made a decreed place for the sea and set bars and doors that it couldn't go any farther. That's where its boundaries were. And then over in, in verse 19 and 20 again that we read, he said in verse 20, that thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and thou shouldest know the paths. Uh, in other words, God said, I put light, I created light and, and darkness, and I set the bounds thereof, and, and uh, how can you know where it is? How can you know where the light starts and stops and the darkness you know, starts and stops? He was, he was really chastising Job for some of the things he had said and the attitudes that he had gotten into. But the point we're going to take out of this tonight is that God in creation... God created everything, and in creation, the way he created it all was by decrees. God decreed that the seas would be in a certain place and would only come uh, to a certain place, and, and that would be their boundary, and they would have to stop. He decreed that the light would shine at certain times or, or, or go to certain places, and would and the darkness would be in certain places, and, and it's held there by God's decrees. It's not by anything else. Uh, just in case you're worried about uh, global warming and you think that you might be fixing to ruin the earth, you can rest easy. It's only held here by the decrees of God. Nothing that you and I do is going is going to make a difference. Now I, I know that there's, I know that the environment can be helped or, or, or harmed, uh, you know, by some of the things we do. But as far as just bringing destruction on the earth. You, can, you don't have to worry about it. God has set, dec- has set everything in motion by decrees, and it's only by his decree that it stays there and it operates, and, and, and nothing else can take it away. So uh, look over uh, again in Psalms 148. We're looking at the same thing at the creation, and we're going to read this whole uh, psalm since it's only 14 verses. Psalm 148, beginning with verse 1. Maybe we'll just read 13 verses of it. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise ye Him, all His angels. Praise ye Him, all His host. Praise ye Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created." He also, he also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord for the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. Now, here again we see God in creation, the power of God Almighty in creation, how he created everything, the angels, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, everything that exists, everything that we can see. God created it all. And it said in verse uh, 5 and 6, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded... Now, that's a decree when God commands a thing to be established. He commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not be passed. So we see there that, that when God commands a decree that it will be established forever, nobody can do anything about it. The devil can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it. The angels can't do anything about it. When God sets a decree, it is established forever and ever. And it said um, in verse 6, that it shall not pass. Uh, another one. Let's look at uh, Proverbs, the 8th chapter. Proverbs 8, 23 through 29. This is speaking of. This is wisdom speaking. If you read the whole chapter, wisdom is speaking, doing the speaking here. This is wisdom talking about its place with God. I, meaning wisdom, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills were, or was I brought forth? While as yet He had not made the earth nor the fields nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him. There again in verse 29, it's talking here again about the things that God established by his decreed word. And in verse 29, he's, he's talking again about the sea. He says, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth. So everything, the earth, the seas, the heavens, everything is here today by a decree of God. That's the power of God's decrees. When God makes a decree, it cannot, be, it cannot pass away Uh, No one can alter it. It's it's decreed forever. Okay, another one, uh, Jeremiah, the fifth chapter, verse 22. Let's start with verse 20. uh, Jeremiah 5, verse 20. Declare this in the house of Jacob, and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes, and see not, which have ears, and hear not. Fear ye not me? That's a question. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which I place the sand for the bound of the sea, by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss uh, themselves yet can they not prevail, though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it? So here again we see what, what I'm doing here is going through different writers. We looked at, uh, we looked at Job. We looked at David and Psalms. Uh, we looked at Solomon in Proverbs. All of them are saying the same thing about the creation, that the whole entire creation is here by a decree of God. Everything that God did, we see it in Genesis, the first chapter. Uh, when God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be the dry land. There was dry land. Let there be this. Let there be that. All the things we see in the first chapter of creation, God spoke it with his word, decreed it with his word. And when it came into existence, it was established forever by by the power of God's decrees. Um, Let's look at uh, one more in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So here we have a New Testament scripture saying that the worlds were framed by the word of God. uh, In other words, God spoke it, God decreed it, and the framework of it appeared. Uh, Those of you who have ever had a house built or, uh, you know, you, you, have, you have plans and then you have uh, framing that goes up from the plans. And uh, when you frame it, you frame that house up to keep certain things out and certain things in. It's a boundary. Now, the walls, the outside walls of your house are a boundary. Even the inside walls are boundaries. Uh, the bedroom walls are boundaries to keep certain things in certain things out. The bathroom walls are boundaries to keep certain things in and certain things out. I, uh, if you don't follow the plan, you can wind up with some serious errors in building the house. I saw uh, I saw a house one time. We we, we were going to paint the house. Uh, we went to check and see if the house was ready. They said, no, we got to tear out some framing and redo it. I said, why? They said, well, let me show you. <laughs> we walked in and the toilet was sitting in the hallway. <laughs> uh, somebody missed the plan. But they had the wall. They, they had the walls there. But aren't you glad that when God created everything that he knew where to put the walls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, knew where the, he knew how to tell the sea how far it could go. He knew how to tell the sun how close it could get to the planets. He knew uh, how to tell the darkness how, you know, how deep it could go before things froze. He, he, he knew uh, everything he created, how it, would, how it would exist forever. And so God made his decrees. And once he made them, they're settled, they're established in heaven, they're established in earth, they're established in the heavenlies. Uh, no one can do anything about it. Um, which brings us to a question. What about us? What about you and I? Uh, God decreed us in the, in the uh, creation as well. In the first chapter of Genesis, as he created the heavens, the earth, the earth, uh, the, uh, the grass of the field, the, uh, the fish of the sea, all those things that he created. He also created man. We were a decree of God. We are a decree of God. Every one of us in here, before the foundations of the world, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that before the foundations of the world, that God had planned us. Even in our mother's womb, God already knew us. We were decreed. Before the Earth was ever, we were decreed in god's mind and in, in, in God's plan before the Earth was ever created. everything about your life, God has a plan for it. God has a destiny for you but the the difference in us and everything else the seas have to stop where God says they stop. The sun has to shine where God says it shines the the uh the the animal kingdom has to uh, live as God created to live. But you and I, God made it a little bit different. He decreed us by His power. In other words, He planned us. He, est- he established our, uh, what His will for our life was. He established our destinies. He established our talents, our abilities. Uh, he established everything about us before we were ever born. But we were the only part of creation that God gave a choice that we could follow his decrees and live out our destiny as he planned it for us, or to go our own way. And we all know the story. We don't even have to turn to Genesis, but we all know the story how that he set a boundary for Adam and Eve, and as long as they lived within that boundary, then they didn't know anything but joy, pleasure, uh, peace, uh, communion with God, Everything was perfect. And that's the way God intended our lives to be. Everything perfect. And, but, but in setting those boundaries with Adam and Eve, he gave them the choice. He said, you can go beyond the boundary if you want to. Nothing else can. The sun can't. The earth can't. The fish of the sea can't. The grass of the field can't. They all live in the boundaries I said. But you can go beyond the boundary if you choose. And we know that they did. I want us to look in the uh, New Testament in Scripture in First Timothy, the 4th chapter. Okay, we got this, the, the power of God's decrees. Okay, let's put God's decree for us. for man, for humanity, whatever you want to put it, but God decreed our life. This, I want you to keep this in mind. God decreed our life before we were born. He decreed the be, what would be best for us. We have not always, because we had a choice, we have not always followed what was best for ourselves. We've got out, out, of, out from underneath God's decrees because He gave us that choice and that ability when nothing else can do that. But God had a perfect plan, has it, has a perfect plan for everybody in here, a perfect destiny, a perfect will for all of us to follow. Okay, and let's look and see what happened. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The last phrase there is all I want to talk about of that verse. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Um, all of us, God created us with a, with a will and a destiny in his mind. All of us are different, uniquely different in some way, even down to our fingerprints. Every human being has different fingerprints. They say every snowflake is different in some way. But every human being has different fingerprints and we associate that with our identity. How many ever been in trouble with the law? No. <laughs> 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 um, or maybe for some other reason <laughs> you had to get your fingerprints done. They do that because that is your identity. When they get your fingerprint, they know that no one else is going to have that fingerprint. They can always identify you by that. They went beyond that some now to DNA. Uh, I'm not sure that DNA works as good as fingerprints. I guess they know more about it than I do, but I've been hearing about some people who got out of prison because they found out they, they uh, put them in there uh, wrongly because they missed their DNA in some way. But your fingerprints are definitely unique to you. They are your identity. They are who you are. And the Bible said in that phrase that we read, it said that you could, be, you could have your conscience seared with a hot iron. Have you ever, probably not everybody in here, but somebody in here probably has besides me. Have you ever touched a sto- hot stove or something and it just kind of smoothed your fingerprints out? You've done that? Oh, boy. That part of your identity went missing at least for a while. Maybe it came back. But at least for a while, when, when it was seared with a hot iron, you lost your identity, at least in that spot. That's what happened when, we, when, we, when sin entered in. He was talking here about evil spirits seducing us into sin. But that's what happens when sin entered in. The original sin with Adam and Eve, they lost their identity in God. They lost the destiny they were created for. They lost uh, all their future in God, they were, who they were supposed to be. When we individually sin, not just Adam and Eve sin, but when we individually sin, it takes away from our identity of who God created us to be. Every one of us are created with special purposes by God, with special plans by God, with special destinies, with special promises, with special inheritance inheritance by God. The Bible tells us that, that, that we can't even imagine the things that God has planned for us—that they're beyond our even our imagination—and the reason we can't is because we no longer are live out of our spirit man, but we we entered into sin and became aware of our flesh man, and we lost our identity with God. We lost our picture of sonship in Him, and so that's what this verse is talking about that some people can get so far into sin they just have their complete identity erased and they no longer know who they are. You know, when, when Jesus, uh, in the fifth chapter of Mark, uh, Jesus came to a certain place and the Bible says there was a man there in the tombs that was so uh, possessed of devils that he, they couldn't keep clothes on him. He, he would tear the clothes off himself. They would try to chain him in the, in the cemetery. They would chain him up uh, with chains, and they said, the Bible said in the fifth chapter of Mark that he would break the chains and fetters, and that he would cut himself with stones. And when, when Jesus, he, he had totally lost his identity, even as a human being, he, long, he no longer even functioned as a human being. But when Jesus came, there was something deep deep inside of him still from God's original decree. The Bible said in in the uh, let's let's, read, let's turn there. In the fifth chapter of Mark, let's just go ahead and read but give him a verse 2, Mark chapter 5, verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. For the first time in a long time, when this man saw Jesus, he touched, somehow he got back in, in touch with that original decree that God made for his life. He knew he knew that he was not supposed to be an insane man in the tombs. He knew he was not supposed to be cutting himself with stones. He knew he was not supposed to be naked. He knew he was not supposed to be wild. For a moment, when he saw Jesus, he realized that he had a, he had a different decree over his life from God. He had a different destiny. And so the Bible says here that he ran and worshipped Jesus. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is when Jesus, of course, the devil's cried out, also being in the presence of Jesus. But when Jesus spoke, what, what did he ask this man? He said, what is your name? That was the first sign that Jesus was about to bring back this man's identity to him. Jesus, this man's parents had named him at one point. He didn't know what it was any longer. He didn't know, he didn't know how to live with society. He didn't know how to live with himself. He had lost all contact with humanity, even his own humanity. But there was still a man in there And Jesus asked him, what is your name? Jesus wanted to bring his identity back. So he asked the man what his name was. Of course, the the demons answered. They said, "We're, we're, we're legion. But the point is that Jesus was about to reconnect this man with his identity. Because this man had a destiny in God that was so great that he couldn't even imagine what it would be. And Jesus was about to loose him from every spirit he'd allowed into his life and set him free so this man once again could live out his identity and his destiny with God. Um, Let's look in uh, Isaiah the 49th chapter. Isaiah chapter 49 verses 13 through 16. This is a prophecy of how God was going to bring man's identity back to him, man's destiny back to him the decrees that he had spoken over man the decrees that he had created him with in the very beginning even before the foundation of the world god was going to give us a way to come back into our destiny and to live out the decrees that god made for us and so here's here's a prophecy of how he would do it in genesis uh, i mean i'm sorry isaiah 49 verse 13 sing o heavens and be joyful o earth And break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget. Verse 16, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. The word graven there in the, in the original Hebrew has several definitions. One of them is decreed. It means that I have, I have carved out a path. Jesus was saying here, or the Bible was saying of Jesus, that he will carve out a path in his hands to bring you back into the decrees of God. And let's look at another prophecy of the same thing over by another writer in Psalms, chapter 2. In Psalm chapter 2, let's begin with verse um, 6. This is, again, a prophecy of Jesus coming. He says, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. The great news here is, that the decrees that God decreed over us before our birth, before the world was ever found, uh, was ever created, the decrees that God, the destinies, the promises that God had for you, they were lost to us because of sin that entered our life. But the good news is that Jesus came to reinstate the decrees of God in our life. Yeah, sure. Jesus came, just like the man in the tombs. Jesus. Came to bring us back into our real identity with God. He, he came to bring us back into sonship with God, into fellowship with God, and that we could live out our destinies in God. Um, look, in, uh, look in Job uh, chapter 22. Verse. Um, let's read verses, uh, verse verse twenty eight first. Job twenty two and twenty eight. Now he's talking to us. We're talking about bring about about our decrees. Are <laughs> There we go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we talked about God's decrees, let's talk about our decrees now. In Job chapter 28, uh, 22, verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Each one of us, when we become a child of God, when we become back uh, into God's grace through Jesus Christ. We are re- reunited with our identity and we have the power to start living out our decree, the decrees that God had for us. And also we have the power to make decrees ourselves. And the Bible said we'll make a decree and it will be established in the earth. Just like you know, when, when God established everything with his decrees in the very beginning with the creation, when he said the sea and had its boundaries and could not go any further because God said this is where you stop. When he said to the light, this is where you shine. When he said uh, to the moon, this is where you this is where you reside. To the stars, everything. When God said it, the Bible said that, that it's established forever and shall not pass away. And now he talks about our decrees. He says that you shall establish, a, uh, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Um, There's got to be a catch to this because it's not happening, is it? You ever ever made a decree for yourself that didn't? didn't? Well, the Bible said it would be established just like God's decrees were. God's decrees were established and nothing could, could change them. The devil can't change them. Man can't change them. Nature can't change them. Nothing can change them. And so he said that we would establish, that we would make decrees and they would be established. And I think there's a a key to that in the previous verses here. I want to start looking at verse uh, 21. I'm going to list some things here that I think has to accompany our decrees. Verse 21, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby, good shall come unto thee. Acquaint thyself. I'm going to put know him. Verse 21. Still in Job 22. Verse 21. We read verse 28 to start with. Yeah. In the NIV, it says prosperity will come to you. All right. I think, the, first, I think Job gives us, the book of Job here gives us some, some keys to, to what it takes for our decrees to be established, like he said in verse 28, they would be. The preceding verses, verse 21, starting with verse 21, he said, Acquaint thyself with him. Uh, last Wednesday night we talked a good bit or some about knowing him through the Holy Spirit, about being intimate with the Holy Spirit to the point that we knew the Father's heart and that we knew the mind of Christ. And that's the reason Jesus gave us, sent the Holy Spirit. He said it's expedient for you, which means necessary. He said it's necessary for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. He said, but if I go away, I'll send you another comforter, and he shall be with you forever. And in other verses it says that that he shall show you. He shall shall see of the Father. He shall show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could be intimate with God. And the first thing that Job says here about making decrees that will be established is that we need to know him in a in a personal, intimate way. He said, know him and be at peace in him. Um, to me, what that means is that we can get to know the Lord uh, in such a measure that the things that Affect this world. Don't don't uh, take us out of our peace with Him. Uh, we can know Him in such a way that we're at such peace with Him that when things that come against our decree happen, it doesn't bother us. It doesn't phase us. We just we just go on knowing that the decree will be established. Decree a thing in the earth, and it sh- decree a thing that shall be established in the earth. Starts by knowing Him in such a way that, that peace. Exists in every situation in our life. Okay, let's look at another one. Verse 22. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in thine heart. I believe that we have to decree God's word. I think we have to know him in this measure because you know this could be a dangerous thing in the hands of some people. <laughs> uh I don't th- I don't think that God's just going to let everybody run around making decrees that'll be established forever. <laughs> I think it's going it's going to take some it's going to take knowing him in a personal and intimate way uh you may um, I, I have guys that work for me. I have several guys that work for me, and uh, there's some of them that I won't send in certain houses because, uh, well, right now, right now I've got a pretty good crew. I've cut them, all, I've cut them down a good bit, but uh, I have had, I have had people I wouldn't let go inside of. A, I'd only let them paint outside. I wouldn't let them go inside the houses because I was not sure they wouldn't take something that didn't belong to them. There, there are other times uh, that I wouldn't let them go to a certain house because of their appearance. I mean, we, we do a lot of work like on Sea Island and some real nice real nice properties and some real uh, refined people. And I got a few guys who just don't care about being refined. <laughs> and so I don't send them to those houses. <laughs> uh, and that may be the way it is with God. Uh, You know, if we don't really know God in an intimate way, I'm not sure how effective all of our decrees are going to be. It would be like giving a kid a gun if we could just go around decreeing whatever we wanted without knowing the will of God, without knowing the heart of God, without knowing the mind of Christ. Uh, We have to know him in that way if we're going to go around making decrees. And then he said in in the next verse, 22, let's read that again. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Um, God's word is what is powerful. Now, we are, creative, we are creative beings, and we are creative beings because we take on the nature of God. We were created to be like God. And when we're born again, we come back into sonship with God, and we, we're back into the family of God again. And uh, uh, we, we take on his nature, and we take on his words. And we can speak his words with power because he's spoken with power and he gave us that, uh, that authority to be able to speak his words with power. Um, when we get outside of God's word, uh, we don't ha- I don't think we have any uh, guarantee that we can establish a decree by speaking it out. I know, I know it's been a long time ago now but when we were younger in our home church, uh, there was a, a certain girl in the church that uh, wanted to marry a certain one of the men in the church. I mean, they were both single. There was nothing wrong with it. They were both single. But except for the point that he, he didn't feel the same way she did about it. Well, she went around telling everybody, we're going to get married one day. I mean, she told everybody, <laughs> we're going to get married one day. Well, y'all been on a date? No. We haven't been on dates yet, but, but, but I know God's going to give him to me. Well, but <laughs> it, didn't ha- it didn't happen. They both married somebody else. <laughs> but uh, when we get into decreeing our own will and our own words and our own ways, it doesn't carry the same weight as when we decree God's word. Right. Go. But if we'll stay in God's word, if we'll, if we'll do what verse 22 said, first if we'll know him, like verse 21 said, we'll know what the Father's heart is, what the Father's will is, and then we make decrees according to God's word and God's will, then, Job said in verse 28, they will be established in the earth. So anything, just about any circumstance in your life, you can find something in the Word of God to cover your circumstances. I mean, if you're sick, there's multitudes of scriptures on healing. If, if, if we're in poverty, there's multitudes of scriptures on prosperity. If we uh, are in, I um, can't think of the word, Tell me one. Trouble. trouble. There's multitudes of scriptures about God being our help in time of trouble. Uh, and we can decree God's words in those areas, and the decrees become established in the earth. And when things come against what was decreed, if we, if we know him and stay at peace in him through the circumstances, the decree will, stay, will be established and will come to pass in our lives. Okay, let's go to another one. Uh, verse 23. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Um, I'm just going to put return to God. That, that, um, that means more to just get saved. To me, I mean, that means return to his, all of his ways, return to his nature, return to, to what he created us to be in the very beginning. If we return to God, if we and this is uh, probably an ongoing relationship. Uh, we were, the, the, the denomination I was raised in, we were of the mindset that you get saved, born again, by confessing your sins. Which was correct, and then we had what we called you get sanctified. And that is where you kill the old, what nature of the old man of sin inside of you, and and you uh, you no longer have a desire to sin or a will to sin, and then you receive the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. That that was our that was our mandate. Your process? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think being born now, I think being born again is more of a daily process. Uh, I mean, I, I believe that. People can be spiritual, and then all of a sudden, one day they just miss it. Just one day they just miss it. I mean, they 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 seem to have a good, strong relationship with God, but then one day just they just. I guess I'm saying that for myself because I know there's some days that I just don't feel like that I made it that day with God the way I, the way He wanted me to. The things that we do affect our, you know our our relationship with God, how strong we are in Him. Uh, I've told this before. I'll, I'll tell it again. Some of you weren't there. Um, when we lived in Jessup, there was one time that I, that I had, uh, when Keith was younger, we had a paper route in Brunswick. We'd go down there and run a Brunswick newspaper route every afternoon. And uh, I had two old cars, because in case one tore up. I had two old cars that we did these papers in because you don't want to do them in a good car. <laughs> and so... Uh, I could tell the difference in my relationship with the Lord depending on which car I drove each week to work. The reason why was, (laughs) the reason why was one of them had a tape player in it and the other one didn't. The other one just had a radio. And whenever I drove the one that just had the radio, you know, we listened to the country music and and different things on the radio, all the way to Brunswick, all through the paper out for two or three hours, all the way back home. And we did that several days at a time. And when we drove the one that had the tape player in it, I I, I always played tapes of preachers preaching and stuff. You know. And I could tell the difference. If I drove one car for a week and the other car for a week, I could tell the difference in my life. My wife could tell the difference. Our dog could tell the difference. <laughs> that, so I don't think anymore that, that just that you go through the process, you get saved, you get sanctified, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and now you're perfect. Now every day is going to be perfect with God. I don't really look at it that way anymore. <laughs> so he told us to return to God, and I think that's a continual process. I think every, every day, we have to return to the nature of God. We have to keep coming back to what God is, and what God spoke into us, and what God has for us. We have to keep coming back to that. Uh, just because we got saved, doesn't mean that that we're going to always be in the will of God and be in what God has planned and destined for us. Okay, uh, the next one in verse 24. Actually, the next one is in verse uh, 26. And then shalt thou have thy thy delight in the Almighty and shalt lift up thy face unto God. Uh, Thou shalt make prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Um, I think possibly in 26 there's one, uh, if there is one in verse 26, I think it will be praise. Let's read verse 26 again. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. I mean, To me that just sounds like a praise scripture. Lifting up your face to God, and, and delighting in the Lord. Uh, this will, this will establish in our spirit fertile ground for the will of God to, to grow for the, for the design of God, the plan of God in your life to grow when you have this fertile ground of, of praise in your life and then the last one, verse 25 let um, me verse 27 thou shalt make thy prayer unto him and he shall hear thee and thou shalt pay thy vows, we'll just put it up here Being a people of prayer and obedience to the Holy Spirit. Obedience to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and being a people of prayer. I think that these are the things that we have to do for our decrees to be established in the earth. God's decrees are established. They will never pass away. They will never be moved. No one can do anything about them. Our decrees are a part of our choice. We have a choice how intimate we want to be with God. We have a choice how much of God's Word we put in our life. We have a choice how how much we return to God's nature and God's will in our life. We have a choice how much we praise God. We have a choice how much we pray and whether or not we obey the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. But if our choice is yes to all five of these things that were listed here in Job, then the next verse is the one we read. Let's read verse 28 again. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Do you want to be able to to speak the word of God and the will of God and see it come to pass in your life? That's what I want. And I think that's what Job's telling us that we can have here. That we can have the decrees of, of God established in our life and established in the earth. Um, then one last... Uh, Thing here. We talked about God's decrees, and we talked about our decrees for ourselves. But now, let's look at uh, at us decreeing things over other people. Some of the words that. Um, or use in scriptures not always the word decree but means the same thing um, we saw in well in job and Psalms and Proverbs they all use the word decree uh, in Isaiah they use the word engraved he, he said that you're, you're engraved on my hands and that word means decree you're decreed you're, you're the your life is decreed in my hands is, is mapped out in my hands and planned in my hands uh, he used the word engraved there. Um, let's look at uh, how we can be a part of other, other people's lives in this decreeing. Um, look in 1 Timothy chapter 1. There's something about, there's something, I don't know if divine is the right word. It probably is. But there's there's something about our hands that God intended to be. I don't know. I don't know if "divine" is the right word, but it's close. If it's not, there's something about our hands that God intended to be divine. Um, there's scripture that tells us to lift up holy hands, and that is uh, a sign that God sees our praise. Uh, I've heard it said. I haven't studied this out to know that it's true, but I've heard it said that the nerve endings of your eyes go to the tips of your fingers, and that when you lift your hands, that that you're you're lifting to see God. You you're you're lifting your hands to see God. Uh, But we know we know for a fact that when we lift up holy hands, as the Bible said, that we're we're lifting up our our will to God. So there's a lot in the Old Testament about the right hand and the left hand the right hand being a hand of authority the left hand being a hand of revelation uh, we won't go into all those tonight but 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 I'm just saying that to say this that there's something that God intended about our hands to be special okay let's look at these verses in 1st Timothy chapter 1 maybe it's, 1 Timothy. it's not 1st Timothy for sure Second Timothy, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 6. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which first which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, we've talked about God's decrees. We've talked about our decrees. And now we're talking about that we can decree things for other people and, and, and create create destiny. We don't create it. Here's what happened. When Paul laid his hands on Timothy, he didn't create a new destiny for Timothy. He brought Timothy back into the destiny that God had created for him before the foundation of the earth. God had decreed Timothy's destiny before the earth was ever created. Timothy had gotten out of touch with his destiny, and Paul laid his hands on him, and Paul said, you've been affected by your grandmother's faith, you've been affected by your mother's faith, and he said, and now I'm going to put my hands on you and stir up the things of God in you. So when we get to the point that we can make decrees for ourselves, we can make decrees for other people. We can bring their destiny out of them. This is what Jesus was doing with the man in the tombs that we talked about. Jesus first asked the man, what is your name? He brought him back to his identity, and then he cast the devils out of him and, and, and brought him into the destiny that God created him to be in the beginning. And this is what Paul said about Timothy in verse 6. Again, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Okay, another scripture. Let's look at up. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14 let's look at verse 13 too till I come give attendance to reading to exhortation to doctrine that sounds like some of the things that we had up here already from Job verse 14 neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery so here we see two scriptures and there's more I'm not going to take up any more time on it, but there's, there's more scriptures also. But uh, well, we have had two scriptures here where that Holy Ghost filled people, people who had come into their destiny, laid hands on somebody else to bring them into their destiny. Sometimes we call that impartation. But I think that this is the way the decrees work. Now, like I said, I, I look for three weeks for material on decrees Books, tapes. I couldn't find any except this. (laughs) This, I'm going to give each one of you here tonight. This is a um, CD by Patricia King. And all it is is speaking decrees over you. Uh, In this CD, she will say something like uh, uh, Christian character. And then she will speak, she will decree scriptures over you that pertain to Christian character. Uh, She might say... uh, I don't, I don't remember what all of them were now, but she might say prosperity. And she'll decree scriptures over you that deal with prosperity. But there's no teaching in here about decrees. So that's what I was looking for. And I didn't find it. So, so maybe God's got a book coming. <laughs> or either, this is so old that all the books are out of print already. So, <laughs> I, was, I got to the point of asking around people, Do You have you ever seen a book on decrees? And I had one lady, older lady, tell me, said. So, I don't know, maybe thirty years ago. <laughs> so maybe there were some at one time, but I can't find it. You got any books on decrees? I don't know. I have to check. Well Patricia King's got a book got a book called Decrees, but it's exactly this C D. It's just where you read you read scripture about decrees. But um but anyway, um I'm gonna give everyone. We got some more. I got two more. Okay. So now you know everything about decrees that I know.